Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Thanks, pal. Great times, man. Hey, for sure, for sure. You guys are my guys, man. Really you guys appreciate give, uh, you hanging in. You guys give uh, Black Tie a hard time for me. We definitely <laughs> we, we, we would do that even without you telling us to do it. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. All right, it's time for me to do it once again, just like Babe Ruth did it in the 32 World Series, calling his shot to dead center against the Chicago Cubs. I'm calling our shot today, black tie behind the glass. This is going to be a good show. Coming up, running back of the Green Bay Packers, Eddie Lacy is going to be with us. We're going to do our red challenge flag segment. We have handsome Hank coming in here. Elliot Harrison out today, filling his shoes. Drew Statton himself, the stat head. We'll talk about uh, his amazing stats. We'll go through some of those as uh, as Sunday's games approach for you. Always a delightful segment for you there. And uh, the Red Challenge flag, of course, we pick the games for you or our favorite games, the most intriguing ones. But first, Black Tie, the reason I know this is going to be a good show, because at long last he's back. Our old pal of the Cincinnati Bengals, we rode around in the sports car, he and I, about a year or so ago. We had a wonderful time. He's visited us here in Studio 66, and he's going to be on the phone momentarily. It's Terrence Newman. It's exciting, right, Black Tie? What's happening, fellas? That is right. It yeah, is exciting. Is. I'm sad that uh, handsome Hank, I don't think he's going to get in here in time to catch up with He's Terrence in some Newman. fancy meeting. You know, Hank's big time now. I know, but they always like to trade English accents, yeah. and then Elliot likes to come in and do his, his Jerry Jones impression, yeah. and Terrence Newman I'm just hoping his. it gives me a couple new drops. Yeah, you well, know? you know, he, he always, uh, you know, he and I like to address the big issues of life together, and so I'm sure we'll get into some of that, but one of our all-time favorites joining us once again after far too long black tie so excited he even cooked up a little intro did you there black tie terrence newman here's your intro terrence newman's on the line terrence newman 
Hello, Chappies. Well, before we get to that, I thought you'd have had a lot more pool. I, I don't really know what that's about. If you really want to be on the sidelines, you can convert and become a Bengals fan. Well, that's what I can do. Oh, well, oh, this is a hey. deal with the devil. Strawberries. Strawberries. Is that an English accent that I heard? Is it authentic <laughs> in your book, Hanson? Yeah. I think he could what? get away with it for a while. I don't while. know if his is real. He looks like he's from Venice. I always got your back, Terrence Newman. I will talk to you as well. It was kind of like a, a, a bougie soul food restaurant. <laughs> well, that was absolutely ridiculous. Congratulations. <laughs> Here he is, everybody. You're seeing him star out there all the time for the Cincinnati Bengals, sitting there in first place in the AFC North. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. I've missed you guys, man. I'm like, hey. I got to get get with my brothers on the on the West Coast, man. Yeah, how so how's life, man? You know, last time we spoke, you know, it's funny. We you know, you you were sort of you didn't know what you were going to do. Were you going to go to the Raiders? I think we talked last year during the season, but that yeah, was a, you talked. didn't you didn't know, but then but then you wind up in Cincy and now you watch you on Sunday, you are all over the place playing a significant role there in that Bengals defense. How's it going for you this year? Uh, not too bad. I mean, you know, coming off the last two weeks, we lost uh, in New England um, over a week ago, and then we had the tie with Carolina, obviously. But other than that, you know, the season's been going well. We just got to uh, right the ship and get a couple of things corrected. But, I mean, the season's still long, and, you know, we still have a lot of a lot of opportunities in front of us. Well, listen, you know the rule here. No jive talk. Did you, Terrence Newman, know the overtime rule? Did you know that there could be a tie in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think that it was the Bengals in uh, Philadelphia uh, when when Donovan uh, wasn't quite sure. Um, actually, there was a bunch of guys asking questions out there. But uh, <laughs> what? How is that possible? How does nobody hey, know? Listen, I'm not. I'm not calling anybody out though. No, I'm, I'm not, not asking you guys. I'm did... not going Tupac and calling out names right now. But, <laughs> you could. Uh, you could do yeah, it to Carolina. Know exactly how it was going to end. You know how the game went. You know as far as overtime rules. I, I think that that is uh, – I can't believe that. I also can't believe that there's guys who is their job to be kick returners and they don't know that they must field the kickoff or else it's a live ball. I think that's uh, that uh, stuns me, but so be it. I'm just glad I'm not a, a, a ref or an umpire. You know, they've they got <laughs> so many rules nowadays. I think that's a tough job. Um I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Um. <laughs> well, I think, but you know what is weird about it, though? Well, who who grows up? Does anybody say to when they're 11 years old or eight years or whatever they want to be an umpire? I want to yeah. grow up and be a referee. Who? What kind of instinct? What kind of human being wants to officiate others? Isn't that weird? I've I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of different things, but I've never heard that one. That's a good question, and I wonder if any of those guys. You know, while they were growing up, said they wanted to be a ref. Most of them have other jobs anyway, but. Do you think they, they were? Yeah, the right, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ed Hockley's a lawyer, I believe. Yeah, do you do you suppose that when they're growing up that they that they failed at sports, so they decided, you well, I'm going to stick it to all the athletes then, who I, I didn't make any of the teams, so this is my vengeance. Well, I I think that could be partially the the reason, but do you remember that commercial back in the day that had the uh, the ref that? You know, the coach was, you know, chewing him out on the mm-hmm. sideline. Then he gets home, and he was taking it like a champ. And then his wife is, you know, chewing him out at his dinner table. <laughs> yeah. I think that could be possibly true, like why some of those guys want to be rest. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, here's what I want to do. I want to wear – and they also – the outfits are a little weird for 62-year-old men. It's kind of like the uh, the baseball manager sitting in the dugout. Why did he have to wear the uniform? Why do, the, why do we make referees wear caps and uh, the stri- – it's a little silly looking out there. 
Well, you could say that, but also, why do refs wear the same thing that they wear at Foot Locker? You ever thought about that one? <laughs> yeah, Have maybe. Have you ever thought about that one? <laughs> no, I had maybe the founders of the NFL, uh, George Hallis and uh, and Art Rooney and all the rest were walking around, and they went into Foot Locker to get themselves some some new sneakers and, and said, said, "You know what? We love this That's look. What we need to have our guys wear <laughs> right there." All right, well, let's talk about the last two weeks because you guys are riding high, and then Foxborough and everybody, with the exception of me, and again, no jive, Terrence Newman, I foretold of the Patriots looking good on that night. I just had a hunch that they were not going to go quietly and with all the week leading up to that game. Did you feel in going into that game, boy, we're running into a tough spot here because everybody is basically challenging Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and saying they're done for. We're going to get their best possible effort here. We could be in a tough spot this game. Oh, trust me. I, I knew and I kept trying to tell guys like, you know, this is going to be one of the tough games that you 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 you're going to play this year. You know, this team just came off of a, a pretty lopsided win. Mm-hmm. I mean, loss uh, in Kansas City, and you know, they're they're calling for the offensive coordinator. They're calling for the quarterback. You know, and I knew if you've watched football in the last ten years, you know, Belichick teams they're always going to be ready and prepared. They just got out, you know, played that game. I think, and uh, they weren't going to let that happen twice. So did you, when you're looking at tape, though, leading up to the game, are you looking at it and saying, yeah, they really haven't looked good? Or are you saying, yeah, I can still see Brady isn't done for. I can see he's still got it. Or did you just say, well, they've been crummy, but that doesn't mean it's, you know, how did you evaluate going in? Did you see something on tape that led you to believe that, wow, they're they're not nearly as bad as they've looked the last week or two? Well, I mean, with there there are things that you have to understand like if you can't run the ball uh, it's going to be tough to to throw the ball you know mm-hmm. it's it's kind of uh they go together hand in hand so uh they didn't you know they weren't having success running the ball that that night against Kansas City and obviously they you know they didn't have success throwing it so um you know he's sitting back in the pocket and you know back in the day you remember watching Tom Brady and he used to be able to just sit back there with his feet on the ground and survey the field right. you know and, you know, it just didn't happen for, you know, a while this year. And uh, I think they just did some things to, uh, you know, help in protection, uh, keep a couple guys in and, you know, let them get some time back to actually throw the football down the field. And, you know, it's it's definitely uh, working for them. Who's the hardest? Is Gronk the toughest guy to, to tackle that you've ever had to tackle? No, no, no. I, I'd have to probably say uh, Brandon Jacobs was, was, uh, was a load. Um, Mm, yeah, was, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, you remember that guy? Sure, of course. Back? That was like two fifty. Yeah, he was massive. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a load for sure. Um, so Terrence who- Newman, real quick, uh, producer, producer Black Tie here. Just a quick question for you. You guys played Tom Brady, and then followed up with Cam Newton, who had probably one of his best performances of his career. And you guys play Andrew Luck next week as a defense. Which one of these quarterbacks is tougher to prepare for? Uh, you, it's kind of a skewed question. I mean. For yeah, me, black tie. That's not a good quarterback. question. Like I prepare against receivers. Um, you know, I think there's there are a lot of great quarterbacks in the league, and um, the thing for them is you know getting protections right. You know, calling out. You know, making sure the protections are going to the right people, uh, getting the balls into the right people's hands. You know, reading the defense and throwing good footballs. Um, with that being said, I think there are a ton of people that are able to do that. Um, there are guys that are definitely better at reading defenses 
uh, audibly and getting plays, you know, getting the, getting the team into the right play and then uh, delivering the ball to the right people. So um, for me, I just I prepare against receivers, you know, not not quarterbacks. But does it come up though in the week of prep against a guy like Cam Newton? Does I mean, how often do you have to remind yourselves, or I imagine a guy like you is probably telling the younger guys, "Hey, everybody, don't get your don't let uh, your back get turned for too long at Cam Newton, or else he's going to be running behind you." You know, is, a, is a, how big a, a challenge or an additional thing to prepare for is it for even you in the secondary? I mean, we have to cover longer, obviously, because they yeah. can scramble. Uh, out of the pocket, you know, which gives us the opportunity to use our hands a little bit. You know, once a quarterback gets out of the pocket, there's no illegal contact. So in that sense, we can still, you know, be a little more aggressive, uh, still holding, but, you know, we can be aggressive. It's just tough, uh, you know, facing, you know, quarterbacks like Cam because he's such a threat as a quarterback and as a running back. You know, he's pulling they, – they had, like, lead, you know, running plays called for him last week, which – I mean, it's not every day you play, you know, an offense mm-hmm. that has, you know, running plays literally called for their quarterback. But he's so good at it that, you know, you have to put that in there. And um, it's different this week. Um, I don't think they're going to have any called running back plays. Um, you know, I think they're a little bit different in stature. You know, Cam is uh, a bit of a bigger guy. I think he's like 250, you know, and six. Six, he's five, a monster, four, man. Like is he? Yeah, the, I mean, so. he's just—he is a load. He is six-five. He is—he cuts as about as big a figure as any NFL player I've seen. Period. He's—he's—he's he's, you know physically imposing. So yeah. I don't see them. I don't see Indianapolis, you know, incorporating any of that with Luck because, um, you know, he's—he's he's not as big as as Cam is. Um, and uh, so you go from you, Mike Zimmer moves on, goes up to Minnesota, of course. So how has that transition been for you guys? Is that, is it a big, uh, basically, ah, same principles are in place this year. It's not a big adjustment. Or has there been a, a little bit of a learning curve with uh, with this change there? I don't think there's much of a learning curve for the simple fact that, you know, we're running a lot of the same schemes. And uh, Polly G, was, uh, he was a linebacker's coach here. Uh, he's been a coach here for a while, so, you know, they understood each other and, you know, they, they have a lot of similarities, but yet they're different. Um, and I think the defense is going to be, you know, pretty good. But obviously when you switch coordinators, uh, we, we switch offensive and defensive coordinators. So, uh, yeah, it takes a little bit of just adjusting to get used to, you know, the coach in general, uh, being the one to, you know, facilitate, facilitate all the uh, the meetings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But once you know, once it happens for a couple of weeks, you're good. Um, okay, so we talked. Like I say, we mentioned that you what decided you were it was came down to the Raiders and the Bengals. We here on the DDFP strongly encourage you to go to Bengals because we wanted you to be on a contender here and take a run at the Super Bowl. Are you happy with the lifestyle in Cincy over the East Bay of Oakland? Well, I didn't really uh, get to see the lifestyle in the East Bay, so I already knew what you know, what was the offer here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the people, the, the, the team and the coaches, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was a deal where, um, I came here originally because coach Zim put his neck out on me for me, um, you know, to, to bring me into Cincinnati. So I felt like I owed it, you know, owed it mm-hmm. to him to come back and, and try to finish that thing out.
Yeah, it's funny because when we talked about him, you and me went back and forth. Why? Why is Zimmer not a coach yet in the NFL? A head coach in the NFL? So good for him that he's up there in Minnesota, and at least some uh, positive signs emerging there with the individual pieces there. But in Cincinnati, explain to me this. I don't get. I love the regional foods. You know, I love to go. If 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 they say, hey, you're in Buffalo, you got to eat the wings. I do it, and I do it with pleasure because they taste good. I don't get the chili thing, though. Explain that to me. What gives with the Skyline chili over the spaghetti noodles? I have no idea. I would recommend that people, if you want to have chili in Cincinnati or in Ohio, go to Wendy's. Um, really? Wendy's chili, even over the local Skyline, which is so famous. They always say that. It's like a- stoop, though. It's so runny. I'm, I, I don't agree. understand it either. Like The chili here is not like, you know, I'm, I'm used to like the, the thick, you know, meaty yes. soup that's like, I mean, uh, chili that's chili. Well, this is like a soup, and I'm, I'm, I just can't. I looked at it one day, and I was like, yeah, I can't eat that. You know, it just, it just doesn't look appealing to me. No, it's not good. But then within your division, you can go to Baltimore and get some nice crab cakes. I don't know what they have in Cleveland. And in Pittsburgh, they have the sandwiches with the French fries and the coleslaw on it. Have you ever had... That the Primanti sandwich with the, the the slaw and the fries. I haven't, but I want to know how much do you weigh now? You, a you lot like I weigh. It's not your business city, what I weigh. I weigh a lot of. <laughs> I so what? My that's my business. I get. I so what? I carry a little extra weight. Food and booze. Those are my passions in life. So what? Which What's your booze of choice? I go beer, wine. I go pretty straightforward. Do you enjoy to have a little something at night if it's uh, if there's not a game? I, I, I'm a I'm a wine guy. I like a little wine. I I'm like Cabs and Pinot Noirs. Oh. Oh, look yeah, who's I'm, classy. A, I'm a wine guy. That doesn't surprise me in the least. You cut that classy sort of figure, Tinu, at all times. Um, speaking of food, real quick, just because I'm starting my campaign that I do annually, don't you think that stuffing is so delicious that it shouldn't be left to just once a year? Shouldn't we have stuffing on the menu year-round when you go to a restaurant or whoever makes the food in your home? Shouldn't they put stuffing on the side of the plate more than once a year? Hell yeah. Yes. Can I say that? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. All right. Hell yeah. Thank you. Stuffing, I don't understand why it's just relative to, to one day, to Thanksgiving. Who is it? Well, and some people eat at Christmas as well. I but guess, I stuffing, but... Stuffing and gravy? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, for real? You know what they this, should do? This holiday needs to hurry up because I'm getting hungry right oh, now. Oh, yeah. What, and, well, now that we're on it, what kind of pie are you going to have? What, if you only get to have one pie at Thanksgiving, which one is it? See, I I try to if I'm gonna eat like a you know, like a big guy, then mm-hmm. at least I can not eat the dessert, and then I feel kind of good about myself. I so see. I try to stay away from the dessert. All right, so you'll have tri- you'll have uh, a double helping, nay, a triple helping of stuffing, but no pie, and that uh, leaves Terrence Newman square. I don't appreciate you attacking me on my weight. So what? I got I a pot belly. I'm not an athlete. You. I didn't attack you. I'm just saying, like, it's it's impressive that you have such food knowledge from every city. I was just wondering <laughs> oh, I see, I what see. you weighed. Yeah. Well, I, I, I weigh and look like someone who has tried all the food from different cities around the, around the country. Last question for you, Terrence Newman, is to go back to where you started, the first-round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys. You've shared your Jerry Jones impression for us in the past. What is uh, What do you make of what Tony Romo and the gang's doing down there right now? Well, um, I think that uh, Tony Romo is uh, he's playing some of his best football uh, this year for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, running 
DeMarco Murray around that uh, that offensive line that uh, that that they have is uh, it's uh, working out, and uh, our defense is is playing remarkably well, and uh, that's why uh, they're five and one. <laughs> well done there, uh, Jerry Newman <laughs> I, I, or Terry. New- I get confused. Anyway, listen. Terrence Newman, what a delight! Number twenty-three on uh, on your scorecard, number one in our hearts here in the DDFP. We appreciate the time. Please stay in touch. We want to catch up with you as you guys roll towards uh, January once again, and uh, and hopefully get over the hump there once you get there. But uh, in the meantime, like I say, what a pleasure to catch up with you once again. Continued good health to you, fellow. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on, and we need to do this again soon. Dave, there he goes. What a fella, huh, Black Tie? Great guy, for sure. He did give me a drop. You find out what it is next episode. I can predict what it was. Which it was one? The hell no. Hell yeah. See, he supports my righteous cause, my fight, as I say. I'm. I, it's time to get it rolling now. We're into mid-October. Um, you know, the my my little ones at home now all have the Halloween costume selected. It's close enough now that we can start talking about Thanksgiving. That means here on the DDFP, the pie-off is approaching. Also, it's time to renew that stuffing call. Why don't we have more stuffing? Let's talk about that and some football-related matters right now, and then we'll have Eddie Lacy coming up for you in just a little bit. First of all, all the way from London, England, where he was reared, his team almost pulled out a victory against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last Sunday. But, of course, number 12 got the better of them. In the waning seconds there, Miami Dolphins fan extraordinaire, it's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. Hello, handsome. How are you? Dave, I was fine, but I came on here with the understanding that you would not mention that. And I know, now, I'm sorry. Know, I'm, I'm going to have to walk out. This would be embarrassing for you everyone. You issued that, uh, that note through black tie yes. and it didn't reach me? Yep. <laughs> wonder how that happened. So so the, the messenger, we got bogged down. See? I don't, ca- I don't want to get into how this happened. I just, You're please right. don't do it again. Fair enough. I will say this, that uh, the spoiler alert where I tell you how the games are going to turn out each week was pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I, I, made a, I had another banner week of picks in, uh, in week six, but one I got wrong was I said Miami 21, Packers 20. It was 23-20 with three seconds left in the game, and then Aaron Rodgers ripped that one away. What a victory that would have been I, for me. I, sorry, did you miss what I just said to you? I'm sorry. I was just reviewing my success. Right. I, I apologize that you had to be here for that one. Anywho, handsome, I guess this is a good place to start. Well, I don't want to get in too much to, to your Dolphins. because no, you're no, obviously that's not that way. There's right. no point. They're off the radar right you're now. You're right. And let's also say, to, uh, say hello to, uh, to the breakout star of the last few weeks here of the DDFP. Stats man from NFL Media, Drew Christensen, aka Drew Staten. What's the poop, fella? Oh, stat and a bag of chips. Oh, oh, okay. that's a good that's one. That's from Black uh, Garrett Coulter. Bad statitude. You know what, Dave? Feel feel free to talk <laughs> about the Raiders losing as much as you want. Ah, I'm, see, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I'm not. See, gonna... it's my show, Black Tie. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, handsome. I'll speak about whatever I feel. Well, you know what else was a good pick by me? Oh, I got hammered by the Chargers fans, even though. 
I told everybody in the, in the world in August, the Chargers are going to win the AFC West, not the Broncos. I predicted that the Raiders would play them real close. I said, I think I gave them a two-point victory. The Chargers, they won by three, so I was right on once again. In other words, don't miss out on my picks unless you don't want to have the game yeah. spoiled for you because that's exactly what I do. I don't just tell you who's going to win. I tell you pretty much by how much who's going to perform well and so on. Um, all right, let's get into it here, fellas. Do we want to do black tie? How about we do a quick coin flip because I'm intrigued by the way the next several weeks, maybe the next four to eight weeks set up. There's an intriguing, I don't want to say storm gathering, except if you're playing these teams. What I'm getting at is that the return of some big-name guys is going to really affect the playoff chase in both conferences. Specifically, Josh Gordon is coming back soon. You know, the Browns, I, I, you may have heard, are playing well this year already. What happens when you throw him back into the mix? How dangerous that team becomes? And then the Niners continue to win games, and they still have Alden Smith on the way back. They have Navarro Bowman on the way back. We'll see how good either one of those guys is after, um, you know, come back from injury and suspension and everything. But I guess that's the coin flip. Let's go with that one then. And, and you see also what Gronk can mean. That's something we talked about in the summer. If Gronk is right, how much different the Patriots look? Well, when he's healthy as he's been, that, that they become a completely different team. Same effect, I think, for the Browns and for the Niners here. So the coin flip is, give me the coin flip, Black Tie. Whose return is going to more greatly affect either playoff spot. I guess it means will the Browns get into the playoffs? Will the Niners get into the playoffs thanks to the return of either of those guys? Who's more significant? I start with you, Hanson. Dave, I'm going to say, I'm look, I'm thrilled for Browns fans. I think it's exciting that they've got something to talk about wherever we are six, seven weeks into the season. The Browns will finish last in their division. Really? The Browns are going to finish fourth, fourth about in that. their division. Hmm. And because of that, I've got to say that the 49ers players, those two players are going to have an have an effect on the outcome of the of the playoff race because they are going to be in the playoff hunt at least. Well, I'll tell you though, you look up the Browns upcoming schedule here. They've I've got, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen, I see some, all that stuff. Yeah. Some cupcakes they've coming up some here. Great, they've got some great they've got I think the Titans, the Jags. Yep. They've got they've got some, and the Raiders as well. They've got some great um, matchups coming up for them, but you know when you look at that division, you look at the quality on those other teams. I just I don't think they're gonna they're gonna come anywhere Last but fourth place. in the division. So what That's do you think not the record say, is? I think it could be it could be somewhere around seven and nine. I think it could be one of those divisions where it's really crammed between seven and nine and ten and six, and and you know that's all right. Well, so what does this mean for the Niners and for the rest of the NFC West specifically? Then are they gonna win the division? They're not gonna win the division, but they will be in the playoff hunt when it comes to week sixteen, week seventeen. The Niners. Are still going to be alive, and those two guys coming back is going to be one of the reasons that they are still alive. Bucky Brooks joined us earlier this week on our first podcast of the week. I encourage you, Nate Demand, you go back and listen to that one if you're intrigued by the NFC playoff race already as we go into week seven. There's a mix of teams in there, and it already looks like there's going to be some tough luck losers on the outside looking in, just like the Cardinals were last year with their 10 wins. They didn't get in. There's going to be a team or two or three or four that fits that uh, description. Again, it might even be the Cardinals just within that division. I can see a case. You can make a pretty compelling case that the Seahawks aren't going to make the playoffs now. You have the, the the Cardinals up there. And if, you know, at four and two, I didn't see the Niners being four and two at this point. If in fact, let's say they split the Niners and Seahawks split when they play one another in the, uh, in the latter stages of the season, it, uh, you could maybe see the, the the defending champions not even in the January. Hank, as a uh, as a veteran of the coin flip segment, I I uh, 
respect your answer there. Thank you. But it's wrong. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you throw a red flag on it? <laughs> we'll get, get one out. We'll get get one out early. Reach deep into yeah. my pants. Uh, so Josh Gordon's coming back. Brian Hoyer's already playing much better than people thought he was going to play. We all thought Manziel was going to be in by now. He's also doing very well throwing it deep. One of the most accurate deep passers in the NFL. Um, he actually has the highest completion percentage on his passes, 15-plus yards. And that's throwing it to, you know, five nine guys. you got Gabriel and Hawkins running routes. So when he gets Josh Gordon out there, that's only going to improve what they're doing. I, I agree with all that. And like Dave said, cupcake the next three weeks. So, you know, worst case, Josh Gordon comes back there 5-5. Five and five. I, I, I All of that stuff, look, I agree with all that stuff. I think the Browns are going to be a better offense with those guys. All I'm saying is Dave particular question wasn't either wasn't or. will josh gordon make the browns better absolutely definitely not going to argue with that but he was talking specifically about a playoff race mm-hmm. and i don't think the browns are going to be in the playoff race. i think i think the teams around them in that division are only going to improve and i don't think the browns have the the, the depth that you need when it comes to week 12 13 14 to make that to make that you know final what the correct push. answer is can i tell you what the Please correct do, answer is because you always know it not enough information that's mm-hmm. it was a trick question all oh, along okay. because see. we won't know. This is when we will have the answer. Sunday morning. I mean uh, Monday morning. We won't know until then because I'm interested to see how the Niners look against uh, against Peyton, um, and we will definitely be talking about that game obviously in just a second here. Um, but even if they get smoked, it's not the end of the world because, of course, the, without a pass rush, Peyton should thrive against that secondary. But the bigger game is the one in Jacksonville. The Browns coming off of what is a high watermark for the franchise to house the longtime bully, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the way they did. They're feeling really good about themselves. There's all sorts of positive noise, and Mike uh, Mike Pettin's a magician. I've patted him on the back more than anything else. Of all the great things he's done, it is amazing to me the the real miracle the, the the pieces are there for Cleveland but the miracle that Petten has pulled off is basically marginalizing Johnny Football the most talked about guy all summer long mm-hmm. that was the story all summer long and he is just a, a non factor and that 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 no one is calling for him and that that you know that that you're not hearing from him that he's not that there's nothing there's no melodrama surrounding the Manzel angle. Um, and on the other hand, too, as a, as a side note, the Brian Hoyer long-term contract is a fascinating one. And you talk about a coin flip. That is one that has no easy answer. Because do you keep a guy that age, Brian Hoyer, who clearly right. doesn't have the pedigree to, you know, are you can invest in him, what like an Alex Smith-type contract even, would be too much for me. You're not going to pay him 15, $12 million, $15 million a year. That'd be silly. But on the other hand, you let Hoyer go – and you put Manziel in there, and he stinks. That's going to be a terrible thing. That's intriguing stuff, but that's not what Browns fans are worried about right now. I say this. I'm going to start off the Red Challenge flag segment with a little pick of my own for you. I'm going to take the Jags in an upset here. This is where they get off the schneid. Blake Bortles is playing well. The Browns are due for a letdown. I have long described for you the Moby Dick syndrome, which is the Ravens are Ahab to the Steelers, Moby Dick. They are the bully of that division, the longtime bully. Teams get obsessed. We must vanquish the top of, uh, we we must cut off the head of the beast in our division. That's what they just did to the Steelers. The problem is the Ravens have traditionally let down in the following week after they do that to the Steelers. 
I think the Browns are probably going to be in the same spot there. So I'm going to take the Jags there. And with that black tie, let's get into the Red Challenge flag segment. Red Challenge flag I think we should we I think we can do better black tie. We yeah. should we should work on a new sting for that. All right, me and uh, Dick Banks are getting in the studio, getting in the lab and um, uh, cook something know, up. No bigger fan of the one man house man Dick Banks than I. I'm just saying that that You, you don't know, like that's that one? Fu- that's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. uh, it's perfectly usable, but I think we could really jazz it up. The I, Red Challenge flag segment when we pick the games is a very popular segment. I don't know what to tell you, Dave. That's uh that's that's the way it is. Uh, uh, I like it. No, that was, that that's was, from uh, you, you David up. David Grohl. I don't understand yours, handsome. You said uh, bad statitude, mm-hmm. but then that diminishes what his work is. It's not yeah. he's not going to have good stats. They're going to be no. Bad. I'm talking about he could be like a rebel stats guy. Oh, I see. You know, bad statitude, like a leather jacketed. You know, maybe you. Mohican um, <laughs> um, stats guy who comes in, Mohican. throws out on a some, motorcycle, on a motorcycle, like screeches up to the to Studio Sixty Six. I like that. Gets out and just delivers some bad statitude. And we're like, wait, we have another question. No. I don't care, mm-hmm. guys. Now, maybe I'll tell you next week. You know, and he yeah, flies out. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, all right, so let's get into it here. And does any does anybody want to take the bait on my uh, on my uh, Jags? Pick oh, I there? hear what you say, but I'm I'm not. I, look, I love it, and I and I'm with you on the idea of teams having letdowns after those big type of games. I just think that they're lucky if they if they were playing against a team that was on their level, I would say they would have the letdown. If they're playing against the Jags, I would say that's not that's not. All possible. right, we'll see. The more I think about this, the more I like certain it. I, I become be about this. Okay, good, good I, for you. I also think it's commendable the job Gus Bradley's doing by staying off of the hot seat despite How? losing Is he managing eighteen to, of his right. last twenty-two games. <laughs> that is a great point. There are Everybody, people think there are great things coming. There's something about you know we talk about the narrative and this week's Sheck report I pay tribute to Cam Newton because it is a funny thing that the media decides certain things and I'm not one who thinks the media decides things for society and we all pivot off of that I don't think the mainstream media and all that hokum but I do think that we sort of we, we we sort of settle into an opinion on somebody and the numbers just don't support that Tom Brady as clutch you know he's a well, there's nobody better in the postseason than Tom Brady the numbers don't really support that. I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but the numbers don't support that he delivers every January. He's the best. He's no guy you want under center. Not really. And similarly, Cam Newton is this guy who's mopey and doesn't cut the right figure. And I think you can read into that what you want to. And I, I don't want to race bait, but I think that this has persisted to this day. He won the division last year. And now has that same team in first place after with a terrible offensive line and all the wide receiver stuff and a and a not as good defense and um so anyhow so yes and I think the Gus Bradley thing is that's what, that's what was my point I, I lost track of what my initial point was yes the Gus Bradley narrative is well listen, he's, he's just going to create the Seahawks South he built that uh, Seahawks defense before he moved to Jacksonville and so he shall do it again. In Jacksonville, and there's no sign of that defense being right. really very good. The offense has improved. Yeah. Defense yeah. is still as it was. Maybe you've got some stats to back that up. Well, no, I'm just saying, I mean, as a Steeler fan, everyone, oh, let's, Todd Haley's a real issue. we got the sixth-ranked offense. We're 3-3. Three and three. Everyone's calling for him, but, you know, Gus Bradley's just no, four, no, no. four wins. No, no, no. See, you were on the right. Also, if you would go back and watch the Sheck I might Report. Have, I might be mistaking you for Snoop Dogg. Go back and look at the Sheck Report, and I do denounce – 
won Todd Haley, and I support Bruce Arians, who the Steelers, people don't know this nationally. It's surprising when I bring this up. Nobody knows what I'm talking about with this, but certainly people who support the Steelers know. Bruce Arians, two years ago, Mike Tomlin announced Arians' retirement. That Arians did not, and it seemed strange at the time. Wait, what's going on here exactly? They pushed out Arians. He retired, and then soon after took the OC job in the in uh, in Indy. Pagano takes ill, and essentially Arians guides the Colts to the playoffs with a rookie QB. Then he moves to Arizona, almost gets them to the playoffs last year. Now they're in first place. Talk about a flashpoint in uh, two franchises' history if the Steelers mm. would have kept Arians. And I absolutely think it's Todd Haley's fault, as a side note, when you consider how good Le'Veon Bell is in you know in terms of statistics. Roethlisberger's having a plus-type season for by his standard. And Antonio Brown's having a gangbuster season. It doesn't add up. How can they not score points? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Enough. Have, have, uh, have Arians and Tomlin met on the field since uh, since that day? No, I, I guess not. I can't think that they would have done. No. no that will be, I could see that being a candidate for a, for a Harbaugh-Carroll-type midfield meeting post-game. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, What's Arians your deal, to man? Tomlin. Yeah, yeah. If, if Arians is still in first place and the Steelers yeah. are languishing in last. Like, hey, how you doing, Coach Tomlin? Yeah. Nice to see you again. How's everything yeah. going? Decided against. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Before we move on, I want to pull on Mike Tomlin and announce that Elliot has retired from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well played there, Drew. Yeah, like See, that's the sort of bad statitude that we yeah, like. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Before we move on, Drew, excuse. How can you not mistake Dave here for uh, Snoop Dogg? I mean, Come on, player. What's that? What's up with that? <laughs> Snoop and I are fans mm-hmm. who live in Southern California. We have a lot in common. We both like the Penguins, too. You saw his video. He had the Penguins sweater on back then. It was a Lemieux one, I think. Anyway, all right, let's pick some of these games here, shall we? So no one else is going with me on this Jags. Okay, I'll go, well, I, I got the Jags in this one. Let's go back to the game we were just talking about with the Niners there against Peyton at home. Handsome, I start with you. Niners or Broncos? Who you got? Dave, I, for this game, I've picked the Denver Broncos. All right. Mm. Drew Statton? I agree. Sorry, it's boring. No, you have, but you have to give now us a key stat that you, uh, that you like. Um, well, Peyton Manning in prime time, he's thrown 21 touchdowns and three picks. This, and this is like Mike Vick when he was asked to play in the second half of the Chargers game. He didn't know what he what, – what, I wasn't prepared. I oh. have to, well, after the podcast, he's going to admit the black tie. I'm gonna that tell makes you the truth. me Geno Smith. Oh, yeah. So can we, can we find mm. a different – no, no I think that no, makes Elliot no. Gino. Okay, Maybe. Elliot's Gino okay. who didn't prepare you. And you're Phil Rivers. Yeah. Now talk in a southern accent the rest of the show. I don't know. Yeah, tw- <laughs> 21 TDs and three picks in his last seven primetime games. Uh, he's going to come to play. He knows the record's you know, within reach. He's, gonna, he's got a national TV audience. It's all lined I up agree. It's just the big – it just seems it's, like it's one – the biggest game. You, you have to throw it out there. Yeah, but, yeah. of course, Peyton Man, I think he throws four touchdown passes, uh, no pass rush from the Niners, or not much of one. How I think, many rushing night. yards? For Peyton. Peyton, I think Peyton goes. I think he, like he saw Cam Newton what he did last week, and he thinks, you know what? I don't have a hundred yard rushing game mm-hmm. um, on my resume. I'd like to get me one of those. I think he's going to have minus three rushing yards. Ooh. Okay, all right, that's a good one to keep our eye on. There. One, one interesting note though on the Niners, they've only allowed three or more passing touchdowns five times under Harbaugh, including earlier this season against Jake Cutler. But 
doesn't happen a it whole would lot. be for the Niners you feel like in that game Dave was just talking about a Super Bowl for the for the Browns and Steelers I feel like the Niners defense their Super Bowl and I'm sure they will have you know read all the stuff of his Peyton's gonna break this record in prime time will be we do not want this to happen on our on hmm. our time basically is that your, is we that, don't want that to be the highlight is that your huddle your pregame speech I would do it with a little more rah rah, mm. you know, a little bit. I would like, to, um, and maybe a couple of um, of words that I'm not going to say on this family program. But we needn't be remembered as those who gave up the record-breaking throw. Yeah, that type of from thing. Peyton Manning. That let's not let's not allow that to happen to us, mates. Let's go. Come on, chop chop. That's um, exactly it. <laughs> all right. So uh, <laughs> okay. So we all agree on the Broncos. Here's a here's a tough one to call. The New Orleans Saints coming back off the bye now. No Jimmy Graham. Here we go. I've mentioned it 197 times in the last three weeks how tough their 10-game slate is coming up here. It starts up in Detroit. Drew Staten, how say you? Saints. Dave, I'm going to have to reach into my pocket and, and pull out. All my, right. Out. Now we're hot. See, I got the Saints, by the way. In this I know. One. I just I, I don't know, know why, but I, I, I do. I, I, there's not real reason for it except that they need it. Well, let me help you give the reasons All that right. that's not going to happen. I'm sure Drew has some has some stats for me here, but – have you seen Have you seen the Lions' defense playing? Recently? Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I don't get it. I don't know how, how, why it's the strength of the team. Well, you get rid of a defensive coach and bring in an offensive coach, and then suddenly your offense tanks. Your, your offense de- tanks. What? Your defense goes up. Exactly. Now you know the new, you just you just delivered the 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 breaking news that's not particularly breaking news that Jimmy Graham's not going to be playing. So the Saints' offense is worse off. Uh-huh. They're playing in Detroit. Uh, I think that this is a Lions victory, and I'm I'm well, surprised. Calvin Johnson. Is also out. That's fine. They so. they managed without him last week. Okay. Uh, the Saints' defense has been has been weak up until now. I yeah, think, I think everything. The the Mark Ingram's return is the one thing that will be interesting. If Ingram's there and he can play all game, and he 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 got off to a much hotter start to this season, pretty much than he's mm-hmm. played all all year. But you know, maybe the injury or coming back from that hand injury will will slow him down a little bit in his first game back. I don't know. I just think this is a this is a Lions victory. I think the Lions, you know, when we talk about teams that are going to be in that playoff race at the end of the season, the Lions are going to be right in the thick of that. Boy, like I say, Bucky and I debated this earlier in the week, it was and a it great really debate. is. It, it's really very tough to figure out. So, you know, Bucky just. Uh, um, kick the Bears to the curb there they can't hang in here and be relevant with that defense but I think that the Lions yeah the offense should be better yeah so and the Saints they really they happen to be in a bum division so they could even win it at eight and eight or even seven and nine but if Carolina somehow could win and the Saints lost here they I mean they're two and three the Saints you know and like I keep saying tough schedule the rest of the way here so I'll go with the Saints here. They need this one. And Mark Ingram, like you say, handsome. I think he goes for. Uh, I think he goes over 100. The thing is, I wonder if they'll. You know, while he was out, they had that rotation with Pierre Thomas, with Kyrie Robinson, with Tavares Cadet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if they'll. You know, if they will stick with the rotation, which has been Sean Payton's preference. Is that because you don't want to drop Tavares Cadet in your fantasy league? I do like Tavares <laughs> Cadet. I like his name. Here's okay. you talk about narratives. May I say one more that everybody just kisses everybody. You know, once you establish what, 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 what if everybody signs off on things, or if ninety percent, you've already see, explained what a narrative is, Dave. I know, but all right, but but everybody decided long ago that the iron four quarterbacks are Peyton, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. But nobody is talking about the fact that Drew Brees has been pretty crummy this year. Yeah. Do you have some numbers to support that, Drew? Uh, I mean, way to throw me right on the spot. I know, I did. Uh, well, first. Speaking of Drew Brees, he's never lost to the Lions 
14 touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, um, but that's when he was good. I just announced oh, that he's not good. He's, not, he's I, not good anymore? No, but I do I do think that nobody is talking about the fact that he's been kind of lousy this year. Everybody's talking well, about the defense and this and that, but really Drew Brees is it, uh, It's remar- remarkable. Mark. He's on pace for 5,037 yards, which would be the fewest that he's had since 2010. Wow, like, that is what? crazy. How is that possible? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's playing down, but this is a road game, and it's going to be a road game played indoors. So he at least has the dome factor there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and Stafford at home in his last four games, he's or last eight games, he's four and four, and he's thrown more picks, sixteen than touchdowns, eleven. So he hasn't been playing very well at home. And can Matt Prater make a field goal, please? All right, let's talk about Monday night. Two, three, and three teams. Two teams that fancy themselves as relevant uh, for the playoff race here, but I think this one will tell us a great deal about which one is for real or if either of them is. It's the Houston Texans. And at the time of this recording, Thursday Night Football is going to kick off here in a couple hours. And Jadavian Clowney may come back out onto the field there. We already know that J.J. Watt has been an absolute terror of late. Talk about terror. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been terrorized by some not very good teams. And they now sit at 3-3. Three and three. Handsome Hank, I'll see you. Dave, I um, have, like you, been unimpressed by the Steelers so far this season, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say that the Pittsburgh Steelers will win this game. And if they don't, then what I just told you earlier on about the Browns and the playoffs and coming forth in that division, that's when I might have to reconsider. But I'm giving the Steelers one last shot. All right. Okay, it's interesting. I'm going to go Steelers here too. Drew, how say you? Hold on, i got to check for something. No, it's not a red flag. I'm, I'm going with the Steelers. What is that? I don't like that, though. I don't want you guys both picking the Steelers. I want you to – that makes that, – that they've, they've never lost at home on, on Monday night. They're 7-0 they at Heinz time. Field. That's not true. Monday, they've never lost Monday, a Monday, Monday night football? Monday night football, Heinz Field, they're 7-0. Oh, on, in Heinz Field. Okay, okay. Yeah, yes, true I, story. I can cite them losing Monday night football games before at uh, yes. And, uh, you know, Ben, 5-0, and another win. We'll tie him with Randall Cunningham at 6-0 for second best. On uh, Monday night at home since 1950, only Peyton Manning has been better. They're well, you know, in the copycat league, I said that uh, Roethlisberger should take a page from Aaron Rodgers, who said relax and do a Pittsburgh version of that and say chill out, Yins. But uh, you know, he should make that. But he did basically say um, this week that uh, we're not panicking. So I like that, unless it's just it is just. Well, it worked for Rodgers. Well, I may as well say we're not panicking either. Everybody else should really. <laughs> I, maybe that's what's going on there. And I can tell you, people don't – I know people who root for teams like the Browns or Jags or whatever might say, oh, you're 3-3. Three and three. So Stop acting like it's the end of the world. But it does feel like when you look at the pieces, if you're a Steelers fan, this they are off the rails. This is not acceptable. They lost to Tim Tebow in that playoff game. Then they went eight and eight and eight and eight. Now they're three and three again, and there does not look to be um, an identity with this team. A lot of questions about Haley, about Tomlin, about LeBeau, about Kevin Colbert, who's bringing in the personnel. Um, the defense obviously is not a strength. It's it's it, you know the, the the offense needs to score a lot more points than what it's doing. It's not doing it. I could absolutely see this being the final nail in it, and if it is. Tomlin is absolutely going to be in some real jeopardy too. I, I, I he, think he he will be, but he's he's lucky in that he has that high-profile offensive coordinator that he can throw under. Yeah, a that's bus true. And that's a great point. I think this year 
regardless of what happens, say it goes say it goes as wrong as you just explained there, I think he can sacrifice Todd Haley and say, we need to start again here. We've got Ben Roethlisberger. We've got, you know, I need my last chance to get the best out of Ben's twilight years in the NFL. If it goes wrong again next year, then he's the one on the hot seat. I don't see Tomlin being the guy who, who takes the fall for, for this season, whatever happens. Drew Statton, now he does have uh, two Super Bowl appearances, but those are, a long, uh, you know, relatively speaking, those are uh, quite a ways in the rearview mirror now by Pittsburgh Steelers standards. Drew, I start uh, with you on this next game here. Just a couple more, fellas. I'm intrigued by this one. I, I imagine you guys are going to be uh, park your cars in the same garage. The Atlanta Falcons, who start the season by whipping Drew Brees and the Saints, they're back, and oh, Matt Ryan, see, you're wrong if you don't get that he's one of the six or eight best quarterbacks in the league and all that jive. And then the Ravens look like, wow, they're a mess with the Ray Rice stuff. This team, this is going to be a lost season. And the Ravens sit at 4-2, and two, and the Falcons are now 2-4. and four. Drew Statton, how say you on this mm. one? I'm going with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Dave, last week I picked the Falcons to beat the Bears. It was one of only two games I got wrong. The other one was because I couldn't find the tie button on <laughs> pick them. Is that right? You beat me by a game. I can't believe. I missed only three, and you beat. I didn't even check to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Ravens. I, I, yeah, like right. I say with the Steelers, I'm, I kind of give people one last shot, and I really did that with the Falcons last week against the Bears. I, I have run out of patience with the Atlanta Falcons and the Ravens, I think, will beat them. I think, I mean, Utah, every year this is true, but I don't consider Mike Smith a high-profile uh, coach. But Rex Ryan and, you know, and by the way, I'll say this as a side note. Whatever the Jets finish, I, I think that you really should. I You know, I'm not one who just advocates, so I'll fire the coach. The team isn't good. And the Jets have been lousy for a little while now. But I feel like they would make a mistake to get rid of Rex Ryan. I don't think yeah. that's a smart move. It is circumstantial. So the other, Idzik made a bad call on Gino. That didn't work out. And Eric Decker has looked all right when he's in there. I think they need another year. I think they would be good in 2015 if they can resolve the QB thing, which is but, no small thing. But you but, don't resolve that in one year. We, I know. We but, see, we've seen that in very few places where you you get that sort, sorted out in, in a single season. I think if they had but a steady hand type of guy, I don't think – Chad Henney makes Jacksonville a decent team. But I think a, one of those veteran kind of guys, you bring him in next year, I, th- I think that would work so with Brian a good defense. Hoyer. Yeah, Brian Hoyer. Something like that. Yeah, I think Brian Hoyer with what that Jets defense is capable of being – I, I, but, I, would, but you, I would hesitate to kick him to the curb. I, yeah, well, I would too. And I, I, you know, when we talk about the potential opening in Miami and, and people, I think, of kind of assuming that Harbaugh will be you know, in play right. there. But we've already seen Stephen Ross miss out on, on Harbaugh once. I'd say if, the Dol- if, if Rex Ryan got fired, I'd, say that I'd love the Dolphins to snap up Rex Ryan. I think that would be the ultimate. You get a, a pissed off, excuse my English, coach being able to coach against his former team twice a year, I think that's the ideal scenario to get Rex Ryan involved in. But um, but I, I think the problem with what you're what you're saying about you know bringing in a Hoyer or someone someone else, Rex Ryan's defense is predicated on having those good corners. And right now they you know outside of having a great quarterback, which is important, his defense is not going to stand up to, to yeah. the test it's going to get with it with the D Milners and and Kyle. If Wilson's Milner is in fact the bust guys. that he is looking Looks like, like right. yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's more than just the quarterback. I, I am a little bit confused because I thought Rex Ryan was going to be coaching the L.A. Rams next year. 
Yeah, so yeah. I, I did declare that Rex Ryan will be the L.A. Rams coach, and perhaps that's the way it'll go. Last or year, will Jim Harbaugh be coaching the L.A. Raiders? Last year, Dave declared he'd be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys this year. So there's there's all kinds okay. of places you might find Rex. Did I say that yep. one? I thought I said that he week would be one, coaching the Raiders. Week one, podcast one, oh, was Cowboys? 2013 season. My prediction, Rex Ryan will be head coach of the Dallas Cowboys come the start of the I 2014 season. that Dave Damashek will be the coach of the Cowboys. That'd no. be cool. It would be. I would do that. Jerry I would, would do totally that. You do and it. Jerry would work well together. Call me. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. There's some teams out. Gus Bradley is a for instance. Could mm-hmm. it go worse? I couldn't do worse than yeah. 0-6. Let's see. <laughs> Why not? We already saw what Gus Bradley's going to do, what Damashek might cook up, TBD. It'd you be know? amazing if you were. Thank you, A.J. Hawk. It'd be amazing if you were if, if, if that came to pass and you were a great NFL head coach. I think I would be. I, as I've said before, I, I don't make any secret about it. We would play with might. Might mm-hmm. is right, and it would just be a lot of screen passes. That would be my offensive philosophy. Right. Right. Two-thirds of the play, screens. As anyone who's seen, watched the DDFP TV uh, video pieces, you'd look great in a headset. Yeah, I would. I would, but I'd be old school. I'd be suit and tie. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all. I would, I, that's What kind of hat? Visor? Listen, if the weather called for a hat for a, for a handsome chapeau, then it would be atop my what, head. What with your your um, headset over the top of the hat? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because the Tom Landry would you... not do well these days. Yeah, right. Because you look weird with that hat yeah. on top of mm. the uh, of the headset. Well, Weeb Eubank, I think he used to wear the. Uh, didn't he have the headset on over the ball cap, but with a suit? All right, I'm going to have to think about this yeah. one. But I'll look good. That's the bottom line. All Real right. quick, though, I just want to give credit to Robert Skimbury, who was the one who came up with the Juice Staten name. But as I do that, that's going to be retired because now we have Matt Statford. Ooh. Yeah, but Chad Wicket. I like Matt Stafford a lot, except, and I thought about it, I saw Matt Stafford and Drew Stanton is, Stanton is in fact just a backup, except that Drew Christensen's first name is Drew, so it makes better sense for him to be Drew Stanton. Well, Drew Stanton did go to Michigan State and – I went to Michigan, so if oh, we want to switch it, that's uh, fine. We can go Matt, Matt Stafford. It's tricky. It's gonna be no, you're the only one who doesn't have a say in this. Got we'll, it. D- we'll let you know when we decide <laughs> sure. what it's going to be once and for all. Um, okay, real quick, um, is there? Uh, this is two bum teams, but it's uh, a tough one to call. Titans at D.C., how say you, handsome? Um, that's a tough one. I, I know. The, it, the other really games, is, I think I know where you're going to pick. Right. I know you're going to take the Colts over the Bengals, right? Am I wrong? Is anybody taking the, the Bengals to go into Indy and mm-hmm. beat that team? No. No. All right. I mean, I uh, yeah. I mean, the way the defense has looked, no offense to T. New, but, I mean, you know, the, they have the last couple of weeks not been at their best, So and the Colts have been rolling, obviously. So Okay, so Titans at D.C. Um, Kirk Cousins' first game. I loved Kirk Cousins. Remember that first game he started against that. the Eagles? I got I pretty scoffed. excited about, about Kirk Cousins. Everybody got too crazy. I said, settle down. RG3 is going to be the guy. Jay Gruden has now confirmed that that's the case. Right. I told you that was hokum. Anyway. Okay, thanks very much for All right. Shooting me down. Um, I'm. I'm gonna, <laughs> I thought I didn't think that's what you were starting to say there. Thanks for shooting me down. All right, go ahead. Um, the uh, I'm picking the Redskins, despite what I just said. Okay. I think Cousins are going to have to uh, have a good game. I'm so un- uninterested in this game that I didn't even prepare any stats for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just throw that out there now. I like the idea but, that the stats yeah. guys lose. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Rich Eisen and whoever else no. is out yeah. there on the game day morning. But that's I'm, what I'm I mean. A, you're not going to actually talk about this. Bad game, statitude. He's but, just like, I'm not providing <laughs> stats for that. <laughs> 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 the Redskins do have a, a top 10 offense and defense, despite their terrible record. 
So what I'm does that the, mean? I'm what does that even mean? That's a meaningless. What do you mean? I'm saying that maybe they're better than the record shows. They're, they got a top ten offense, a top ten defense. Maybe you know it's just luck what, of the draw. What it says maybe, is that numbers lie. Maybe clipboard Jesus walks into you know strolls in and they get it done. All right. Well, I think it's going to be Jake Locker. It's the last I saw anyway. But either way, not a game that I'll be spending a lot of time. The thing that bummed me out, in fact, I saw a stat. I don't know what it is, but I know the, exactly what the numbers are. But D.C. is apocalyptically bad in their gold pants, which is devastating to me because if they get rid of those gold pants, I'll be very sad. I, they have among the best uniforms in the NFL when they go out there in those gold pants. Don't get rid of them. I don't care. It's better to look good than to feel good sometimes. Dave, I've got some uni news for you. Oh. The Chargers, San Diego Chargers, will be playing in their powder blues this week against the Chiefs. Ooh. But the good ones with the numbers on the hats or Dave? just the shiny? I don't know. All right, it's going to be those dumb. What they consider their alternates, their, 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 uh, is that just it's powder blue, but it's that same dumb dark blue trim in it and that's too much just put the black numbers on the side of the white hats and be done with it already that's the cool uniform all right black tie is a black tie just said like it's enough of this we have to talk to eddie lacy i don't care about uh, your dumb uniform stuff anymore just get to eddie lacy here already is that what you said black tie More why don't less. you just say that out loud why do you have to yeah. whisper it in my ear well in my ear too oh really yeah, just get just a little, little Eddie Lacy is waiting, and you're busy talking about uniforms. It's really a slap in his face. So please get uh, get to him already. As, uh, as if Hank and I have any direction over the right. you know any control over the direction of this podcast. Yeah, that's right, Black. Uh, as I, if Black I, you think I do? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. Like I say, Thursday night football is about to start. I think that one's going to be close. I say 2013 on that one. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, there's a good chance you'll laugh at me for that pick. But that's what I say. I take the Colts at home, Seahawks over the Rams, the Titans over D.C. I'll take the Packers at home, and big. I say that uh, with all due respect and as much as I just praised Cam Newton, I say this is a big win for the Packers. The Jags at home over the Browns, Ravens at home over the Falcons, Bills at home over the Vikings, Bears over your Dolphins. I'm sorry, handsome Hank. I have a hunch that uh, that the Bears get it rolling now. I think that the the you know they almost uh, they lose that one to Carolina two weeks ago, and I think that uh, now they're going to start playing well. Saints over the Lions, Chargers over Chiefs, Cowboys against the Giants. I'll take the Cowboys at home. The Cardinals on the road at the Raiders, Broncos over Niners, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a pick made more with uh, with the heart, perhaps, than uh, with the head. What's funny now, handsome? I don't believe anything's funny. What were you he's, laughing? He's just laughing oh, that my Raiders are going to be Raiders are going to be just oh, and they're going to lose yeah. again. Yeah, I need them to win a game already because I like to do the transitive property every year. I like to apply like here's how you know who's good because that team beat that team who beat that team who beat that yeah. team. But then when you have teams not winning games, then I can't help. really. It do nearly that. came up big where if the Raiders had beaten the Chargers last week and the Chargers had beaten the Seahawks, then you, that whole thing would be would yep. be made. We'd have just about a complete circle with Gus Bradley's team just sitting in the middle all by themselves. Yeah. We need the Raiders or Jags. But you know what? I think I can call my shot here and now. The Jags, when they win, will be close enough. We'll have 31 teams with wins, and uh, we'll be able to do the whole labyrinthine thing that we do every year on the Sheck Report. All right, so listen. Let's uh, – so goodbye to Drew Statton. Thanks for coming in. Oh, no. Wait, we got to still get to the stats here, Black Tie. That's the main event, guys. Come on. Can't oh, so get, we can we have time no with Eddie Lacy? We can delay Two Eddie minutes. Lacy? All right, get to it. So – 
let's do that then first. All right, go ahead there, Drew. Right. And I'm sorry, I stole away from your, uh, your right. big moment. This is going to fascinate Wait, Eddie Lacy while he's listening on the phone anyway, so yeah. this is fine. What are we calling this now, Black Tie? Um, can't get no satisfaction. Okay. From <laughs> it's going to give us satisfaction. Yeah, right. So it was mentioned earlier that stats incredible is still the old one, but it's maybe the you know it's maybe the simplest and best. I don't know. Go ahead. The uh, the Browns and their cupcake schedule. They face opponents with one combined win in the last three weeks. The last team to enter week seven or later in the season, having an easier road than the Browns currently do, were the 1991 Jets. They were gonna, they were facing the winless 0 and 7 Colts, the 1 and 6 Packers, and the 0 and 7 Colts. So it's pretty historically easy road that the Browns have here. And what do you think? They win two of those three? Yeah. The Jets. How did the Jets do it? Oh, who cares? The Jets went two and one. But the Browns. The Browns. I mean, the Browns could be six they, and two. They if they're six and two, and you assume, if, if we are right, that the Bengals lose at Indy, and, you know, the Ravens still have to go to Pittsburgh, and that those are always, you know, not mm-hmm. well, not always, but uh, more often than not, very tight games. You can absolutely make a case that, that they're, you know, by Thanksgiving that that could be a first-place team, and uh, Josh Gordon will be out there. It's quite a thing. And if I would have told you again, to say again, Imagine if I said, no, the Browns are in first place and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. They're not there yet. But let's say they were 6-2. and two. You would say, oh, my God, Johnny, football must just be a revelation, <laughs> yeah. eh? He must just be the greatest uh, thing there is, and he has nothing to do with any of it. I will just say that would make my coin toss right over Hank. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> see, now you have reason to root for something. Next one, there was a – There it is, see? There was a lot of talk after, you know, Rodgers led that comeback against Hank's Dolphins. Hank, feel free to walk out. Um where, you know, oh, Rodgers is so clutch at the end of the game. Who who would you rather have out there than Aaron Rodgers? Well, that was only Rodgers' seventh come from behind win. He's actually 7-25 and 25 when his team is trailing by one to eight points at any point in the fourth quarter. But, I listen, I get that kind of a thing, but I, as Aaron Rodgers' greatest supporter outside of the state of Wisconsin – um, I that is he's almost always had terrible defenses. So then he gets into track meets in the fourth quarter. If he's trailing, then his defense isn't stopping the opponent from doing it. So even if he, even if he mounts a comeback, it relies on the defense to make a stop, and he doesn't play with the defense that does that. Well, even you know, even Manning, that was you know the narrative with him was always that oh his defense needed yeah, to have true. a lead. I guess he, I, you just caught me with you know, that he's, point. He's forty and forty and fifty two in that same situation, one percentage of 435, and Rodgers at 219. You know what it is? The more time you're out there as a, you know, in any sport, the more time you're out there, the more exposure you get to failure. And, you know, people have said that to me about Peyton Manning. When I say he's not good in January, they say, yeah, he makes the playoffs every year. That exposes him to those um, to those potential losses. If you don't get to the postseason, then you don't have uh, a strike in the in the loss column against you. I get that. All right, anyway, so interesting point. All right, one last one. The Jets. In fact, that's really bad. Seven and twenty-five. Seven and twenty-five. Not that Yeesh. great. Exactly. Well, atrocious even. The uh, the Jets and Sexy Rexy, their five-game losing streak. He's currently forty-three and forty-three as the Jets head coach, which leaves only two Jets head coaches with a winning record. Weeb Eubank. Joe Walton. Well, you're both wrong. Next guess. No, not Weave, huh? Um, winning record, Bill Parcells. Parcells. Yep. And the other guy coached one season. Oh, um, Al Groh. Yep. There you go. Al Groh, yep. Nailed it. Very nice. Parcells. Boom. So um, 
and ran Ryan's, off to Virginia. And Ryan's whole career is 18 seasons as an NFL head coach, which includes all of his time as an assistant and D coordinator and, you know, with his dad. He's only lost five straight games one other time when the Ravens lost nine straight in 2007. Hmm. How about that? Fascinating. That, was, that, that, that wasn't you like good. I should have yeah. just cut it at Algrow. Yeah. yeah, you should have mm-hmm. quit at Algrow after Handsome's great victory. What a great call that was Thank to get you. Algrow there. All right, well, listen, let's get to him here. Thanks for coming in, Drew Statton and Handsome Hank. Right now, the star running back in his sophomore year out of Bama. Here he is, everybody. Eddie Lacy, what's the poop, fella? <laughs> hey, man, thanks for having me up. Well, uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, listen, just like Aaron Rodgers told the Packers fans a few weeks ago, relax, everybody. Did he say that to you guys as well inside the locker room? Um, definitely, and, uh, um, you know, the coaches said it as well. Uh, you know, we just, you know, we have to find out what works for us, and, you know, it might not happen, you know, when the fans are, you know, um, want it to happen, but we know that it will happen. And, you know, we just need everybody to relax because, you know, like I said, it's gonna, it's all going to come together. Well, let's look back at uh, Sunday, the drive. Listen, one thing, Eddie Lacy, that you should know is here when you are on the Dave Damashek football program, our cardinal rule is no jive. Don't jive me. You know, I'm a grown-up and you're a grown-up. And, uh, you know, I feel like that uh, Aaron Rodgers in that huddle must have said something before this great drive went down. I predicted, and I don't want to jive you, I predicted that the Dolphins were going to beat you. I slept on the, on your mighty offense led by number 12 there. What did Roger say to you guys in the huddle at the beginning of that drive, if anything? Um, I wasn't in on that drive. I finished it, but Starks actually started it. But, I mean, you know, when 12's in a huddle, you know, he probably told everybody, you know, keep calm, we have enough time on the clock. Uh, you know, everybody in the huddle is, you know, good enough to be able to make the plays, take what they give us, and, uh, you know, just don't try to win the game on your own. If you catch it and you can get out of bounds, get out of bounds, but definitely just stay in tune with them. Do you guys uh, – is because I've talked with, uh, with you know, here on the show, A.J. Hawk. Well, that's his former name, by the way, Eddie Lacy. I have thought – what do you maybe you can talk to him a little bit about this too. I told him – I know he's a little long in the tooth in his career – but still, he would have a much higher profile if he would get rid of the AJ thing and just be Hawk, you know, like Sting or someone like that. Don't you think that'd be a cool <laughs> move for Hawk? You know, I really, I really think I think that's a good idea, and I think yeah. he should get his long hair back. He definitely should get the long hair back too. I don't know about that though, Lacey, because I feel like Clay Matthews copycatted AJ Hawk, or I should say Hawk, and now it's like Clay Matthews has the Thor hair, and AJ Hawk has a a hairdo that's here and now. You know, he's setting a new hairstyle trend in uh, in Green Bay. Oh well, when you look at that, I can see that hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But the Hawk thing definitely sounds. Yeah, we should just drop the AJ part. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that'd be cool. I also encouraged him. Maybe you can try this one. I told him the Lambo leap, it, when you do that, punctuate it, make it your own, do the Lambo leap, but then the closest Packers fan to you, grab a beer out of their hand and drink it down in this, in a split second. Yeah. <laughs> you'd get suspended probably by the team for a week or two, but you'd be a legend for all of time. You know, you, you definitely be a legend. 
you will never be forgotten, but you will probably get some kind of consequence coming along with that. <laughs> I, I think it's worth dealing with. Anyway, all right, let's talk about you. And, uh, you know, you have the great rookie season, and things are a little sluggish for that whole offense, it seemed, coming out of the gate. But now you, like that offense in general, seem to be hitting your stride there. You know, it's a weird pivot point for running backs in the NFL. We know about Adrian Peterson and Shady didn't get out to the greatest start there. So where do you sort of stack up? Do you look around the league and compare yourself to the other high profile runners out there? Um, I don't. I honestly have no idea what's going on, um, you know, with other running backs and things huh. like that. Uh, I just more focused on me and trying to get myself, you know, going like I was last year. And what do what do you say to anybody who questioned the way you started the season versus how you've been running the ball over the last few weeks now? I mean, it's a process. Um, you know, if it was easy, then you know we'd have a hundred plus rushing yards and four hundred plus plus passing yards every game. But um, you know, those guys on defense get paid just like we do to go out and do their jobs. So um, it's definitely not going to be easy. You have to you know find different little things to be able to get out and you know just get you moving again. Do you like though? So do you? I, I you don't strike me to be honest as a guy who loves in your free time sitting around and watching uh, other NFL games. Do you like to sit there and check out how Levy and Bell looks as a for instance, if he happens to be on in prime time, or or uh, another one of the guys who you sort of came into the league with? Um, I don't. I'm, I'm not, I've never been a uh, football like watching football mm-hmm. fan. Uh, you know, I much rather just go out and play it. So. Uh, you know, whenever I do have time, uh, I'm definitely not watching football. Well, that, what I've heard is is that you are a great cartoon enthusiast. Is that is that true? Yes, that's very accurate. What's your favorite cartoon? Because, you know, Saturday morning cartoons are now gone. I can't believe that they got rid of them. You're much younger than me, so probably our, uh, our favorites don't overlap. But let's see. What's your favorite cartoon to watch? Like even going like growing up, whatever, whatever. What's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite TV show cartoon? Uh, my favorite TV show cartoon is Dragon Ball Z. Is what? Dragon Ball Z. It was a fighting cartoon. Real oh, cool. Oh, I don't know that one. Did you ever see? I mean, what about Tom and Jerry? That was my. Favorite. Wow, yeah, that's a classic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is what a, black this tie. Is Why are you interrupting? Here. You don't know Dragon Ball Z, Damashek? <laughs> I told you I'm older than you. I don't oh, know Dragon Ball Z. I've heard him, of it. Tell now him that about I, the Super Saiyan and Goku and all those guys. How do you not know Dragon Ball Z? This I don't, is a shame. What can I tell you? I don't know that <laughs> show. I grew up. What I grew up watching was Super Friends. Now, what about that, Eddie Lacy? I have no idea as to what that is. You have no idea what Super Friends is. That's far more outrageous. They've that made, was 30 years ago. That was the <laughs> ju- Eddie probably knows Justice League, though. Yeah, yeah the Justice League. Yeah. Superman, Batman. Who would win in a fight, Eddie Lacy, if you know cartoons? If all if Superman and Batman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman on one side, and then you had the Avengers on the other side with the Hulk and Thor and Captain America and Iron Man, who would win that battle? Oh, wow, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Hulk guy, so I'll probably lean more towards the Avengers. Yeah, I mean, that's tough because Superman, he's probably he'd probably be the hardest one to beat. That's right. Well, first of all, Green Arrow and uh, and and uh, what's his name, Hawkeye. They would cancel each other out. They're just human beings who shoot arrows. So who cares about either <laughs> one of them? It really comes down in my book to, like you say, Superman versus the Hulk, and how you see that one coming out. Yeah, that that'd definitely be a that'd be a tough battle. Can I tell you what the correct answer is in that head-to-head? 
uh, about what is the correct answer? Superman would beat the Hulk because even though you can't destroy the Hulk, what you do is Superman's smarter than he is, so he would just grab the Hulk by his toe and carry him out into space and then just leave him there. How's Hulk getting back on their planet Earth? He's not is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the correct answer, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, uh, so I want to ask you about uh, Bama. You know, somebody mentioned this to me a couple weeks ago, and I thought, yeah, that is Eddie Lacy is the one guy who disproves this theory. What is going on with Bama guys, Bama runners specifically? It seems like for all the college success, there isn't, uh, there. isn't it hasn't translated into success at the NFL level. What gives there? Cool. That's a great question. Uh-huh. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say, um, you know, being under Nick Saban, you have to, you know, you always have to have your mind right. Uh, you know, he has us pretty much like programmed as far as you, as far as mental, mentally and uh, being physical and, you know, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it was very strict down there. So hmm. it was like his way or the highway. So everybody was always ready. And, you know, whoever's across from you, you know, you're going to have to feel what we have to go through. You know, every um, every day leading up into the game, but I mean, I have no idea. Like now, I mean, maybe they don't have the same motivation or the same, you know, type of structure that they had when we were in college. Hmm. And I mean, maybe that's what I have. Like, if I had to guess, I guess that's what it would be. If Saban got got the right call, I know that he has turned down some offers. Does he make sense as an NFL coach in your book? You say he's a disciplinarian. Would that work with guys that are in their late twenties, early thirties? Um, I, I doubt it. I mean, you know, you get on this level, you know, it's, you know, they have, you know, they have the right to, I guess you could say, talk back in a way. And I mean, it'll probably be like a bunch of rebuttaling going on back and forth. And, um, the guys probably won't buy into the system or like the way that he tries to, um, talk to them and coach them like that. So, um, I think college is definitely the best place to go because it's a bunch of 18, 19 year old guys and, you know, he pretty much just runs hmm. it. You know, you have to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Mike McCarthy is probably a little bit more fun to to hang out with, probably has more laughs with uh, with the players. Anyway, listen, Eddie Lacy, go get him um, over the rest of the season here. Hawk, all the rest of the fellas. I don't like your idea of Hawk growing the long hair back, though. Let Clay I Matthews the, have that. The long hair was cool, man. All right. Well, what? and last question before you go is uh, what are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, man. I don't know. This is definitely going to be my first year dressing up, though. I've never dressed up for Halloween. So whatever it is, it has to be cool, but I have no idea. Well, maybe it could be one of those Dragon Ball Z things. I don't know what that is, but whatever it is. <laughs> I don't like to get my hair to stick up like theirs do. See, I, that reference, again, is lost on me. I don't know. I'm still caught up in the Aquaman and what how he was allowed into the Justice League with his weak power <laughs> of talking to fish. He's mean to the fish. Hey, do my bidding, fish, and then I'll take all the credit. That's a jerk move by Aquaman in my book. <laughs> so don't be him. That's all I'm going to tell you, Eddie Lacy. The rest is definitely, up to you. Definitely, definitely. All right, listen. Best to all the fellas up in Green Bay, and uh, like I say, best wishes. Uh, and good health to you the rest of the year, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. There he goes. Nice fellow, that Eddie Lacy. Black tie. See to it that he pays us another visit. I I, I liked his way. We should debate more cartoons. I don't know that one, though. Dragon Ball <laughs> Dragon Z. Dragon Ball Z. Come on, check. But what's more hilarious to me is how he, uh, he's not a fan at all of football, he says. He's like, if I'm not playing football, yeah, I'm definitely not watching There are a football. lot of guys that are like that that play pro sports. I've often said the intrigue in watching others play sports is in 
has an inverse relationship with how good you are at Agreed. that sport. I mean, think about it. As a player, a young player, you're growing, you're getting better, you're working you're working at your game. You're not watching the game. And then Yeah, I think I think fan. like Kobe Bryant loves sitting and watching basketball. Mike Tyson likes watching, knows the history of boxing. There are a few stuff, of those. But, but there aren't a ton yeah. of guys that love to sit around and watch other guys. No, yeah. They're not. Um so anyway, but uh, and then there are nerds like me who didn't make the varsity and then spend time watching everyone else. But I didn't become a referee, and that brings us back to Terrence Newman. Thanks to him and Eddie Lacy and Drew Statton, Drew Christensen, and the great handsome Hank, and uh, and to you, Black Tie. Also, shout out to uh, Fausti who helped out on the Terrence Newman intro. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Yeah, Excellent. Right. Yeah, great job on that. Uh, all right, we'll be back after week seven to talk about those games and look ahead to week eight. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.